Welcome to Now Charleston. I'm Sam Spence. It's Monday, June 6th. Now Charleston takes a look at a handful of issues three times a week and tells you why they're important. Hope everyone had a good weekend. No interview today, just a quick look at your Monday headlines. So let's do it. An eye-catching story in Sunday's Posting Courier details a complaint filed with the State Human Affairs Commission about North Charleston Mayor Keith Summey. Quick couple state political headlines here. Uh, There will be a debate between Democrats running for governor, and we'll look at the Republican candidates running in the 1st and the 7th districts. It's officially hurricane season, and we've got the first storm of the year spinning out in the Atlantic Ocean. And finally, I did get to vote early on Friday. I'll tell you what to expect if you want to do the same. Those stories and more, starting now. North Charleston Mayor Keith Summey is denying allegations raised in a complaint filed with the state that he created a hostile work environment. A front-page story in Sunday's Post and Courier, big story, more than 3,600 words, included details from a filing with the State Human Affairs Commission, which is kind of the state equivalent of the Federal Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, uh, that the mayor created a hostile work environment. The story included interviews with the former Summey staffer making those claims, the mayor himself, which is something, and some other current and former co-workers. Allegations also include inappropriate advances, all of which Summey denied to the Post and Courier, I should say. But the story lays out a few other reported issues I'd never heard of um, that had otherwise been settled or resolved, where Summey also denied allegations. The city's only responded in a statement explaining some of the job changes ordered for the former staffer, um, which would likely become part of a discrimination argument if this moves forward. Aside from that statement and Summey's denials on the record to the Boston Courier, a city spokesman says the city won't offer any other comment on the issues. Links in the show notes at nowcharleston.com if you want to read through the whole report. One um, interesting incident Summey did confirm, though, was a time that a female dancer was brought in and performed a striptease as part of what another employee called a prank. Summey said it was a stupid thing uh, to the Post and Courier and that it hasn't happened again and won't happen again. These accusations, though, coming from inside Summey's pretty controlled inner circle are, are pretty rare for a group that even the mayor himself said values and rewards loyalty. The story included Summey circle staff who defended the mayor and discredited the accuser. And the Posting Courier story gave you a sense of that unconditional or at least intense loyalty of close advisors who work on the city dime in North Charleston. Again, Mayor Summey denied many of these allegations, according to the Boston Courier, and none of this has gone through the legal process yet. So find the link to the story at nowcharleston.com if you want to read through the whole report. All right, the Democrats running for governor will debate on June 10th, less than a week before the polls close on June 14th. State Senator Mia McLeod and former Congressman Joe Cunningham, the two main candidates in this primary, along with the three others uh, who have filed, have already started appearing on early voting and absentee ballots being cast across the state. But come Friday, the Boston Courier and the South Carolina ETV will co-host this debate. So June 10th, 5 o'clock on ETV and streaming online. Um, links at nowcharleston.com. Outside of Charleston, one of the state's other Republican congressmen, Tom Rice, is facing a pretty tough primary challenge from another Republican who is basically using one vote. Rice's vote to impeach former President Donald Trump as his main weapon to attempt to unseat the five-term congressman. Honestly, it's not a bad strategy since there are only 10 Republican congressmen nationwide who voted the same way. Um, And so since 
Only the most loyal Republicans cast ballots in primary elections anyway, with any party primary, Democrats or Republicans. Only the most party loyal cast ballots in party primaries. There's a good chance that any decent alternative could step up and win. Brace represents the 7th District, so that's Georgetown, Myrtle Beach, and inland into the PD a bit. And his main competition in the primary is State Rep. Russell Fry from Myrtle's Inlet. But rather than run from his vote on Trump, Rice has kind of embraced it, and he doesn't really sound like he regrets it either. On This Week, which is ABC's Sunday morning political show, he framed the vote as, quote, the conservative vote, unquote, the way a true conservative, in his mind, would have voted to defend the U.S. Constitution. This was days after the January 6th attacks, if you remember. Now, obviously, that wasn't the way most conservatives voted in Congress, but that's not his point. And he says if it costs him his seat in Congress, that's okay, at least in his mind. You may now lose your seat. Well, I hope that I don't. Uh, I'm so I'm so proud of what I've gotten done for my district. If you lose, is it going to be worth it? Sure, it'll be worth it. Absolutely. Your obituary, the first sentence is going to be... Tom Rice, who was a Republican member of Congress and voted to impeach Donald Trump. So be it. I'll wear it like a badge. So be it. In the first district, which covers most of suburban Charleston and into Berkeley County, a Post and Courier story over the weekend looks at the role another part of the district, Beaufort County, will play in helping decide the nominee, either incumbent uh, Congresswoman Nancy Mace or former state rep Katie Arrington. Buford represents a conservative stronghold for the 1st District, one that Mace credited with winning in 2020, the county GOP leader told the Post and Courier. The party has seen huge increases in dues-paying members, they told the newspaper, although still less than 1,000 people total, just to give you an idea of the outsized impact these intensely engaged primary voters have. And in Buford County, according to the PNC's analysis, That was where Arrington ran up the score against former Congressman Mark Sanford when she won a surprise primary victory in 2018. Of course, she lost that general election to Joe Cunningham. That's a fact that Mace also likes to echo on the campaign trail. So yeah, Arrington and Mace both live in the Charleston metro area, but it may not be their neighbors in their affluent suburban neighborhoods who decide which of them is still campaigning in November. It's June 6th, so we're one full week into hurricane season, and we've got our first named storm. Tropical Storm Alex is spinning out in the Atlantic near Bermuda, no threat to the Carolinas, but it is hurricane season. Just to recap the steps national severe weather experts advise early in the season here. Uh, Find your evacuation zone. You can find that at at hurricane.sc. Make sure you have updated insurance information uh, in in hand after the storm or during a storm is, is too late to be putting that together. And put together your basic disaster supply kit, everything from batteries to boots to non-perishable food. Um, Check hurricane.sc when in doubt for all this information and follow the National Weather Service on social media and, of course, our friend Jared at CHSWX. Links to all this at nowcharleston.com. All right, so early voting started last week, and I had a chance to go walk in and cast my ballot on Friday. In Charleston, the only early voting location is at the County Board of Elections headquarters in North Charleston um, off Leeds Avenue. It's, it's super easy to get to, about five minutes off I-26 and less than that off of I-526. Uh, when I went in there Friday afternoon, it was a, it was a pretty quick moving line. The whole thing took me less than 10 minutes, um, but it was crowded. There were about 25 people there total that were waiting to vote when I got there. So you walk in, you show them your photo ID, they confirm your information, 
um, and ask you which primary you want to vote in. Remember, so South Carolina does not register by party like some other states, but you can only vote in one party's primary per contest. So if there's a Republican runoff and you voted in the Democratic primary, you can't vote in the runoff. But if you didn't vote, or if you voted in the Republican contest the first time, you can vote in the runoff. Anyway, so you tell them which primary you want to vote in. Uh, they'll give you the paper ballot you'll use at the front desk. And then you walk around to the voting room. There were about six machines set up off in a side room, I think, when I was there. Um, punch in your votes on the touch screen. And then it'll print off your ballot. You can confirm all your votes right there on the thing. You stick it in the vote counter machine and take your sticker and you're good. That's all very easy. Just make sure you have your photo ID when you get there and your information is updated with the state. Your ID, the actual address on your ID, doesn't need to match your current address that you're registered with as long as it's a valid ID and your information is updated with the state. Early voting is open through Friday this week at 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. That's all I've got for you today. If you have feedback for the show, you can leave a voice message at 843-474-1319 or email sam at nowcharleston.com. If you can rate and review the show in Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now, that's a big help also. And as always, check nowcharleston.com for links and notes from today's show. To make sure you don't miss anything, Follow twitter.com slash nowcharleston and instagram.com slash nowcharleston. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back on Wednesday with the next Now Charleston.